podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the latest helping of Copen Fracker. Now, last week, we had a lot of engagement. We had a lot of joy from our pain. But unfortunately, we've got a bit of a different arrangement today. And for that, I am joined by two esteemed gentlemen. Firstly, I've got Chris. Chris, how are we doing? I'm good, man. Um, I've been on for a while. Uh, I picked a hell of a week to come back. Um, last week, you guys smashed it. Um, the pain was very, even from like my point of view, the pain was enjoyable. Uh, it's just <laughs> nice to know that we're all. It's just nice to know that we're all kind of in the same boat. We all had the same frustrations. We all kind of shared in our woes for that week. But we're here, man. We're here for we, you know. We've rebuilt. We've come back with a seven-one win, uh, a nice one-no win that we're going to talk into. So yeah, it's uh you know, pain is temporary, but form is permanent. There you go. And uh, Pete, a lot of heat, a lot of heat from you, from you last week. Got a lot of. Uh, I think the Arsenal fans have got a little bit, bit of something personal with you. How are you feeling this week, brother? Bro, you see the thing about football, yeah. It, it goes in cycles. Like last week, I was just pure bitterness, pure hate, <laughs> pure hate. And this week, I got one more of me, lads. <laughs> I got one more of me, lads. Like, I'm back. I'm back. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, last week, you lose to Arsenal. You lose to the most, like, just unbearable fan base. And you're just feeling a bit bitter and down. But then this week... We beat, you know what I'm saying, the reigning champions, the guys who have won it two years in a row, you know what I'm saying, our bit of rivals, Man City. And yeah, football's got me feeling like, like feeling like pack again all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, come at me, Arsenal fans. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. And uh, before we do continue, listen, Cop End, we have been churning out the content at the moment. Make sure you're subscribed to our Patreon. We have all types of content. We have post match into we have post match you know interviews with the panel about what they thought. We've got the Bantic show with Pete and Mike. We've got so much content, and we we're doing so much stuff on kind of nostalgic stuff with Liverpool as well. It's the place to be if you're looking to be invested, reinvested, should I say, in the in the season that we're having. So yeah, may, let me not miss that out because the boys have just been producing some amazing stuff. But nevertheless, let's tuck into what we witnessed this past week so I guess the first thing to say because the City game is what everyone's going to be tuning in for Krish has this been has this been bubbling and coming has there been a bit of a turn in in how we've been playing or is this a result out of the blue um there's been sprouts for sure I mean you, you Arsenal kind of second half in some some elements transitional play it's been looking better I mean, that first half against Rangers was one of the worst half of football I've ever seen. It was just looking like it was going to become one of those evenings, as it were. In the first 10 minutes, I was just sitting there thinking, this is absolutely boring, and it's almost sending me to sleep. It's good job I stayed awake because there were six goals in the second <laughs> half, so uh, that was nice. Um, but you could definitely see from the second half, in more of our attacking setup, and just how the squad looked a lot more fluid in how we can damage people. And it was all about getting, and it's all, all that we've talked about for the majority of this season. How we get, how do we get Mo Salah involved more in threatening areas? How do we get him to be the focal of what is a potent attacking machine again? And that really showed through on, on Sunday when we played Manchester City and he was absolutely phenomenal um, in both aspects. I thought his tracking back was fantastic. How he operated on the break, his ball carrying ability. It just showed 
big game Mo came out to play that game. Um, but the, how we set up defensively was really, really interesting because we have not given, obviously Milner starts at right back, and we have not given our fullbacks as much protection as we gave that game. I actually felt, you're, you're spot on, and I actually felt almost bitter for Trent watching that mm-hmm. game because I thought just because Trent's a better player than Milner, why is he getting this level of protection? But I don't want to get too far into that now. I just want to ask, Peter, same thing to you. Chris is completely spot on. <laughs> None wait, of wait, Moss, us... did you just ask, why, why, why are we tracking back? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I, I was saying, I was saying, why, why are we working so hard to, to protect Milner when we feel Trent doesn't need that same level of protection. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I was saying. Is it saying. like you're jealous of Trent not being that same system and having that level of, like, effort around him, maybe? That yeah, like, I, I felt yeah. like if I was Trent watching that from the sideline, I'd be like, yo, where where was all this for me? Like, <laughs> the, way, the way we, like, suffocate... I'm on raise, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, no, I, I, I did want to ask... I just wanted to build on what Chris had said. Look, I don't think anyone uh, thinks... Rangers are some kind of incredible team. And even though the scoreline was great, I don't think we're reading too much into that. But why was it that one half of a few decisions that we'd made and we'd suddenly scored a flurry of goals, why is it that it almost felt like we all had this wave of, I think this is the blueprint going forward, even though we weren't playing against that great a team? Um, Do you know what? I think... At the time, I did not think that um, Rangers game wasn't like the best kind of warm up to the City game, but now, like now, now I look at it, it actually was because we were able to kind of gave Seller that confidence. And before the game, we was all thinking like, oh, how are we gonna, um, how are we gonna use Seller? Like Seller's not really kind of finding his form. He's kind of out of form. This, this, that. And then that game kind of gave us the opportunity to realize, okay, he came on, played centrally, scores a hat trick. Okay, now we need to get Salah Central. Like it wasn't a it wasn't a question of should we should we not. Now it's like okay, this is what Salah can do central. We need to play him centrally, and um, again that formation it, it kind of gave us like a like a warning of what El- Elliot can do in that right um, right attacking midfield position or right mid position. And yeah, it was it was kind of yeah it was like the br- the blueprint to what we can kind of do against a better team. But you know what I'm saying we have to put more effort in. We have to kind of. Um, galvanize the team a bit more, but it was, it was actually kind of a good warm up to, to the city game. I, I thought, to be honest. Now I look back at it, yeah, and um, I completely agree. But I, I do want to touch on what you guys thought of pre-game. Actually, obviously, a day or two before, Jurgen Klopp had had been talking, and poor Jurgen's having to do about fifty interviews a week at the moment, so the the topics are running thin. But that's doing another one today as well. <laughs> oh, like I, I tweeted about it. I'm, I'm past watching them, not because I'm sick of Klopp. I'm, I, I just feel bad because the world does not change enough for the amount he needs to talk. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. what do you guys think in terms of all the stuff he was talking about, about the disparity, about what City are capable of, so on and so forth? Do you think, right, Klopp's a very smart man. Um, this was a tactical ploy in terms of timing to raise this or... Do you think it's just the topic that was raised and, and he's the kind of person to just be upfront about it? Um, I, I, th- I thought he told the truth. <laughs> like, I thought the man simply told the truth. And what people didn't realise in that conference, now I, I went back to watch it and stuff like that, 
before all of those comments, he praised Man City. He talks about how good Foden is, obviously how good Haaland is, blah, blah, blah. And obviously that does not get clipped anywhere. Like you, you, you do well to find that on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? You do very well to find that. But um, I mean, it asked, obviously ask him like, how hard is it to compete with a team that can obviously get, um, be the best team and then obtain Haaland in the summer? And he, he literally, before the question said, or before he answered the question was like, ah, oh, like, why are you asking me this? Like, he literally pleaded with the, the interviewer, like, why are you asking me this? Like, you know the answer already, and you know the kind of traction it's going to get, and you know, um, you know what I'm saying, the kind of um, backlash it's going to get from City and, and the reporters. But obviously, he still had to answer the question. And I thought, he didn't lie. Like, every, this is not new news to anyone. We can't compete with Man City financially. We cannot. We will never. You know what I'm saying? They obviously got a lot more money than us. And we just have to be different in the way that we compete. So it means that, we obviously like we have to get maybe younger players in. We have to maybe look at different um like um countries or different scouts, different so they can get a Haaland in. We have to go to the Portuguese league and get a Nunes in because we can't afford Haaland's wages. You know what I'm saying? Or they can get a Grealish in for for hundred really, million. It's really sickening, isn't it? How I feel like rival fans always think they're making this amazing point when they say. Klopp only talks about this when he's losing. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't. talks about all of the injustice. I remember once we beat Southampton away and the moment he won, he, his first comment was about the schedule and how unfair it is on both sets of players. I think integrity-wise, Klopp can't be touched. And and Chris, I mean, it must drive you insane as well how people try and make Jürgen Klopp out to be someone that he's not. It's, yeah, it's, just, it's weird. I think it's just a kind of capitalization of the weird football meta that we live in now where, you know, everything's just kind of clipped and soundbited, but no one wants to look for the context behind it. Um, all you have to do is just look at, at, you know, the game of the weekend. You look at, you know, Man City's bench. They had a £100 million player that they didn't even bring on. Imagine. So it's, that, that is what you are competing against. And it, it, it's true. I mean, look how much money they've spent on trying to, you know, get left-backs in, how much money they spent in on trying to get um, centre-backs in. I mean, they're, what, Akanji's what, fourth, fifth choice um, for them at the this moment. Is, this is Ake's like a... first season properly starting in the team. He's, he doesn't yeah. even make, didn't even make matchday squads last year and he was 45 million, so... And, yeah, and they're, they're, they're two fairly expensive players, so they can just kind of go out and... And, and that's the thing. I think people are kind of like to go, oh, well, you know, they don't spend massive amounts of money. And then people kind of like to do the whole, well, you know, Haaland, he was only 50-something million pounds and his wages aren't that Wages, man. But then you see the report that, you know, the, the clauses in his contract are so achievable. He basically has to get out of bed and he gets an extra 50 grand a week. Um, so it's just, it's yeah, it's, it's just a weird way to kind of like frame things against it. But that's right, man. Like, from, from what, I completely agree with what Peter said. We, we cannot compete. And this is, this is not to say, because obviously I'm very aware of what people will say that, oh, we've spent uh, money on Chamberlain, we've spent money on KR. And yes, we have, but we're still stuck with them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We could just get well, rid that's, of them. That's, that's the point. I think I tweeted off the account the other day and I'm like, look, this is the whole difference. Man City can go out, they can they can spend another 55 minutes. They, you know, if Kater fluff for them, they could go out the next summer and they can buy... Their margin the for few... error, right? Their margin exactly. for error Exactly. They can just huge. flip. It, it was, it's like from Chelsea back in the day. Someone flopped. Cool. How many? How much money did they invest in strikers? How, how you know can you I mean? send Lukaku back on loan the next season? You buy him for what, ninety million or whatever. And it's crazy. And it's not to say I'm aware that Liverpool we haven't always spent our money correctly. You know, what I'm saying there are ways that we could have competed. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying we could have bought midfielders and we could have bought, bought better options at times as well, so that we could compete. You know, what I'm saying. But everyone makes mistakes. Everyone makes, um, you know, what I'm saying when yeah. they're signing people. But 
our our kind of leeway for, or our um area like gray area to make mistakes is so much thinner or so much smaller than the likes of City PhD. You know what I'm saying? Like when we make these signings, they're gonna affect us for the next four or five years. It's not gonna affect City for the next four or five years. So it's just how it is. And we're not complaining about it. We just have to be different in the way that we That's challenge. You know what I'm saying? There's ways to compete without spending two loads I mean, and loads of money. Pete, two things can be true at once. Yeah. People can say Liverpool have spent money, and we can also say we haven't spent money like other clubs have. Like both things can coexist. And and I think that that's what is lost, I think, within this whole discussion. But anyway, that's the difference though, isn't it though? Sorry, sorry Mush. So yeah, yeah no, 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 I mean, go like, on. Go on. When you like when you when you you know you Man City and you Newcastle's now, I guess to a degree, you don't have to worry about your PL. You can just go out and you can spend money Burn it. as freely as as freely as you please. And there is no real consequence because what we've seen from... I mean, come on, the, the, this Man City Premier League legal battle has been going on for the better part of nearly five years now. There's no consequence. There is no actual real consequence to breaking, you know, FFP or, your P, or you, know, you know, going over in your P&L because you can just hang it over in court for so long. But, you know, it, it, it just keeps running into the plucky underdog story in a way, which is, uh, which is quite funny, even though there's massive amounts of money being uh, invested in every single asset of the game. So, um, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. But I, I just don't think this, this debate is going to go on long after Klopp even leaves. And it's boring as well. It's boring as hell. Yeah, it's really boring. <laughs> it, and, and they can't be angry with Klopp because they're saying he's a Mona. Like you've just said, Pete, he doesn't even like answering these types of questions. So it's, he's not he's not raising these topics randomly. So I'd love yeah. someone to just ask him like a random question, like one of these interviews. Just like, oh, what did you think of uh, what do you think of Succession, lad? Something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like something like really random, like throw him off the book. Like, oh, I got really really got to think of that one. <laughs> I, do you know what that is really interesting actually? Because I don't think we hear enough about Klopp the person. Like we all hear about his social views and all of this stuff, but. I don't think we hear a lot about like what he's into or, or things he likes, to be fair. Yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, let's talk about the game then. And let's talk about the lineup. Because as we've touched on little bits, there was a lot of change. There was a lot of unexpected change. And the first one, I'll come to each of you for a player each. Pete, James Milner, right back. What were your thoughts prior to the start of the game? Yo, I was just like, oh shit, here we go again. <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> Joe is, like, I, when I saw Kanate had missed um, Friday's training, I was just like, oh, like, this can't be real. Like, this cannot be real. So you're obviously looking at it like, okay, what, what are the different options we can do? So option one, play Gomez centre-back, play Milner right-back. And you're not really liking option because Foden obviously torched Milner last season at Anfield. So you're thinking, mm, I'd rather not. And then it's option two, Nat Phillips at centre-back. And obviously we saw his performance against Crystal Palace <laughs> at, at, at the beginning of the season. I wasn't really impressed. Um, obviously I thought Zaha um, kind of peeled onto him, gave him a torrid time as well. And you know, Phillips is not really at the level to play um, in such a big game for me. And then option three, some people say I'm playing Shimikesa right back. <laughs> what? I did <laughs> yeah. not see this. Shimikesa right back and Robertson left back. That's what people are saying as well. So they're saying, yeah. Um, so I guess when you, when you look at all those options, maybe like a Fabinho centre back as well. But again, you don't really want to be put Fabinho centre back after the season that we had in the COVID season. So um, we finally see Milner at right back. And yeah, I was shook to be honest. Because um, I'm just thinking, 
I know Foden's going to start because Foden has a great record against us. So mm-hmm. I was just really worried that, and having Elliot in front of him as well, I was thinking having Elliot and Milne on the same side, um, boy, it's looking, it's looking sticky. But hey, I'd love to be proven wrong and we'll get to that. I, I, I You know, apologies, apologies, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, Chris. Gomez at centre-back. Now, if we look at some of Gomez's performances at centre-back, Napoli one being the, what's the opposite of a pinnacle? Whatever the opposite of a pinnacle is, that was that at Napoli. And um, how were you feeling seeing him chosen? Um, It was better than Nat Phillips. So I had no, there was no qualms for me about that. Um, It was just a mismatch in terms of like what the back back four was going to be. Yeah, I was too, he, he's, you know, he's kind of one of those ones. Like, okay, okay, cool. I'll go, miss. He can be a bit physical. Will his positional awareness be on point for that game, especially in a game where you know you have to close off his space and you have to be, you know, fairly aggressive and alert to where all you know all these different runners are that Manchester City have. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about his colossal game in more detail kind of later <laughs> on. But, um, but yeah, man, um, it's it, it's just nice. To, it's nice to see him kind of uh, get back to the level where he is, which is nice. Good stuff. And uh, finally, Pete, the return of a of a certain Scotsman at left back. How are you feeling after a few weeks of the second best left back in the world, who was who was playing instead? Hello, mate. Oh, I, I can't believe they said that, Jacob. You got blood in your tier hands. one, man. <laughs> tier one. <laughs> but um, like, sorry. When, so when we put when we, we when we done the tears, sorry, yeah, I don't know. There's things I've just got to get off my chest. When we done the tears and I put Shimikas in, in amber, and one of the reasons was that because Robertson can come back and take his place back any time he wants. Like, bro, <laughs> thank you, thank you for holding that for me. I'll take that back now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll take that back now. Like off off your pop. You know what I'm saying? Off your trot. So like the fact that Robertson come back straight back into the team. You know what I'm saying for this game. And his quality showed when he played. So um, I think Shimkas, um, he, he, he done well to kind of fill in that spot. But to me, he just looks like exactly what he is, a backup left-back who kind of looks out of sorts, but can kind of get through games here and there. You know what I'm saying? He has some good games here, some shit ones there. Like, he literally is worth 12 million to me. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So so do you, do you think, I don't want to go into full performance yet, but do you think you yourself were surprised by how quickly Robertson returned Not surprised to... at all. Oh, really? Like, no. Claim your place back. Or, like, bro, Robertson is levels, like, and and it's not just for Shimkas, in, in the world. Like, I think there's a lack of, lack of good left-backs in the world right at this moment in time. Um, and I feel like Robertson, he's still number one for me. There's not really anyone better than him. And I don't think he's even been in the best form in the last 18 months. But when I look at, like, people like Alfonso Davis, he's also struggled... Um, I mean, Fernando Mendy's been good, but he doesn't really eye, he's not really eye-catching like that. Robertson is still number one, and he's quality showed during that game. All right. Um, Chris, I'll come to you for our attack, because there were things going on. Obviously, Luis Diaz is out, um, wishing him a speedy recovery. We saw, like you've just said, Salah tucked in. The way, the way we arranged that attack, kind of putting Elliot out on that far right um, to allow Mo to be inside, and uh, listen, you of all people should are celebrating this remontada more than anyone. Bobby, automatic starter now. And then um, we had Jota out on the left after I thought you had a really good game out on the left against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Were you were you kind of happy with the configuration of, of what Klopp put out there? 
it worked really well because I mean, you look at like average positions. Bobby did the the usual, and I think he probably had to for this game in terms of having him start up front. He was more kind of in that number ten role where he kind of drops back and he does a lot more yeah, of you yeah. know his pressing. And if you look at his heat map, he's pleased that as well. I think the, the ground he covers is absolutely insane. But the most interesting thing is giving Elliot a bit more of a. So he took he took he took salary. He's almost playing as like a bit of an auxiliary nine, um, which is interesting in itself. But Elliot gets more freedom on that right hand side, and the the work rate that guy had in that game was absolutely unbelievable. He was everywhere. It was it was so nice, wasn't it, to see insane. It was it was nice to see like after kind of remember early Salah and Mane who looked like they were just hungry to prove they belong at that level. Yeah, it was it was nice to see a kid who just felt like people don't know if I belong here yet. So I need to give everything to deserve it. And that hunger is what we were built on. Right. So it's so good to see. And he just, he played so well and he really helped stifle their kind of left-hand side because that's where the main threat was for the most part. I mean, De Bruyne is always going to find pockets and pick up space. He got limited to a certain degree, which, which was good. And I think that spoke to kind of, you know, how the midfield operated and how aggressive, um, a kind of defensive line was, but I think that set up and it was weird seeing us kind of not, not part of the bus to a sense, but we played a little bit more conservative than we usually do in these games. Keep it wasn't shape, as open. Right? Yeah, it was. And that's, and that's, that's, that's the important thing. That's what we've been screaming for since the beginning of the season. Let's keep some form of stability and keep some form of shape. And it's, it's, it's funny that, you know, Harvey Elliott allowed you to do that in terms of just his robustness on that right-hand side of the midfield. Mm. And and that, that actually drifts us nicely into the game itself. And Chris, we'll stay on you for this because I I personally thought, like, the moment the game started, it felt different. That first five, ten minutes, the energy was right. Everything looked proactive rather than reactive when we were pressing. When we yep. were pressing, it looked like three men. Whenever Rodri got the ball or Bernardo got the ball, suddenly Bobby was appearing from behind them and nicking it off them. Like, all these traits that we've loved about this Liverpool team for four or five years. Wh- why did it all click yesterday in a, I mean, sorry, yesterday on Sunday in a way that it hasn't clicked throughout the season? It, I feel it just boils down to the simple point that you're kind of fighting for your pride in a little bit. Mm. You're going up against this team, this, you know, this just kind of juggernaut you, you've been fighting this consistent battle with for the past what, five years now in across two competitions? You're playing for a little bit of pride. And obviously the result, in, you know, against, against Rangers in the week, that does something for your confidence. But like we've kind of stated before, they're not the best. They are pretty diabolical. But you are, play, you, you are playing for your pride and they, they stepped up. Every, pretty much everybody on that pitch stepped up. Virgil stepped up massively. He, I have not seen that guy take the lead. Oh, we're, we're getting there, brother. Do you not worry about that? Guy, he Fab, stepped up. Fab stepped up massively. Fab man. stepped up massively. Thiago, even though Gam doesn't want to admit it, stepped up. The guy, you know, considering you know in his first season, we we're thinking this guy actually put a tackle in. He put a tackle in. He was putting his foot in, um, and it, it just boils down to. And I think the, the comments after the game from Robbo, I don't know if you saw, if you guys have seen it. They've, I think they've all had a little bit of like self reflection over the past few weeks in terms of how poor they've been performing and how they've all been letting each other down. Because he even goes to say, you know, you look at Alisson's performances in goal, especially from the weekend, he was sensational as well. Um, I've got I've got a bit of a sweeping statement to say about him later on the show. Okay. Um, 
And he said he basically just came out of it and said, um, you know, we, we've been letting him down. We haven't been giving him the requisite amount you know, you know, of, of effort that he needs because he's he's a fantastic goalkeeper and he shouldn't be conceded as many as he should. And, you know, you have to have those periods of reflection where you say, we're better than this. We just are. Let's go out there. Let's show what we're capable of on the possible on the biggest of stages against our biggest of rivals in the past few years. Let's get back to business. Yeah. And um, that, I mean, even though everything you just said was was factual right then it's so annoying that it takes playing against the best team in the world to bring it out of us because every other week is not going to be them so goodness knows what we're going to do there but Pete pride Chris mentioned it Virgil van Dijk probably saw the whole of Twitter and Monday Night Football and all of the lead up to this game about what was going to happen to him what happened to Virgil on Sunday because first tackle I saw was Man City were were basically keeping possession. Erling Haaland had dropped 15 yards to pick it up near the halfway line. Virgil <laughs> followed him, followed him, took the ball, took him out, took everything, and then dropped back 10 yards sprinting. I thought, okay, I ain't seen this in a while. How are you feeling, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I, I, do you know what? I thought I was watching the 2018-2019 um, the season, you know, the Ballon d'Or, Ben Dijk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was that's who I was watching. I was thinking... Bloody, like, who is this? Who is my man? <laughs> like, who is my man? But um, I think, do you know what? When I was, like, looking at him, um, I saw a couple of interviews that he was given, like, before the game. And it felt like I was even tired for him because they kept asking him, oh, yeah, you're going up against Haaland. How do you think it's going to go? Or, yeah, you got this key battle against Haaland. And it just felt like they were just focusing so much on that and they were kind of setting him up for this kind of disgrace where he's going to be against the, probably the most informal striker in the world and he's going to kind of torture him or whatever. But Van Dijk really showed us, like, fat, like when, when, he's, when he's motivated and, like, when, when he actually, um, you know what I'm saying, the bright lights are on, like, he, he wanted to really, like, show everyone that, yeah, like, I've still got it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm still here, I'm still the big boss, and I'm still, when I want to, like, prove that I'm still the best in the back of the world. And he done everything that, like, we wanted him to do. He was super aggressive, like he said. The front-footedness, um, right? Front-footed, literally. Um, like you said, and there's times where, like, um, obviously, Haaland might get in the pockets. And like you said, he followed them out. And that's not something you don't really see. Um, he was trying to win it from behind. And there was plenty of times when his duels. Um, and that there was one kind of interception or kind of one, um, that one where I think KDB played, like, a cross-field pass to Cancelo. Then Cancelo, like, chipped back in. And, like, Van Dijk, especially the Van Dijk early in the season, he would not have followed that. He would have just left oh, it. You know one way we was, the one where he was running back towards his line. Yeah, like, he would not yeah. have followed that yeah. early in the season, but he followed the whole move and the heads it over the bar. And, like, that just, that's as good as a goal for me. You know what I'm saying? He saves us there. And, yeah, it was a fantastic performance for him. And, like, I just really hope that that will kind of give him the kind of, not confidence, but, like, it will show him that, like, okay, if he kind of goes back to being this aggressive front foot defender, like, even though he might make some mistakes here and there, like, um, we will improve and he 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 can do it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like he didn't really trust his body enough to maybe play this way. But mm-hmm. he actually done it against Man City, done it against Haaland. And your body, I think it's ready for it now. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like he can do it. So, I, yeah. I agree. And, and I think just watching him, it was like, yo, this is the best defender in the world. There's yeah, no probably. one who can defend better than this when you, when you play like this. Like, rose it. He didn't rise it. He was a different thing altogether. And Haaland couldn't really do much. Like, when, when Van Dijk's in that kind of form, what can you really do? You can't outpace him. You're not really going to win a header up against him. You're not going to beat him 1v1. <laughs> You're not. So there's, there's not really much he can do. 
And yeah, he's, he's had quite a few good games against Haaland. So I think that he's got confidence playing against Haaland because he kind of knows the way he plays and he rises it against big opponents. That's the thing about Van Dijk. He does tend to rise it. Virgil sat there and he was like, I don't play the occasion. I am the occasion. My <laughs> God, he came out on smoke, man. And you know, that's, that's, do you know what? Thank you, Chris, because I'm writing that as the title already. <laughs> I am the occasion. I am the occasion. Um, Speaking of the occasion, I think a lot of people were, you know, there was a lot of people in fear that, you know, the, the unbeaten Anfield record for Virgil van Dijk would, would falter as well. Listen, he ain't ever losing that, man. If Haaland and his 20 goals within five games isn't, <laughs> isn't stopping it, he ain't, no one's ever beaten that. They stopped the cyborg. I think the even more impressive thing is um, in, in 38 Premier League games when uh, Virgil and Gomez are starting with, with each other, they've kept 19 clean sheets. So 50 one in two. Was that one and two, yeah? He's pretty formidable. One and two. Yeah. It's amazing. I think they've got a great, a great partnership together, to be honest. They, fit, they, they just mix really well together. It's just it's just good to see, man. I mean, yeah. I mean Matip, Matip, Matip's had, hasn't had the best season. I think, you know, Canate, that injury, because you, you, you know, we were really looking forward to getting him back. But Gomez, man, when you come in and you, you do what you do, you deliver to the highest of levels. And you still keep showing that resilience to come back time after time after again from all these injuries and just all these unfortunate situations. You got to sit there and be like, yeah, just just just, what, just let, let's just run it back again. What do you guys think Gomez was was doing differently to the Gomez we've seen? We've talked about what Van Dyke was doing differently. What is it that made Gomez look like he was also the player of 18, 19, 19, 20? He he was super aggressive as well. And what I liked about um what he was doing was that as soon as he felt like Milner was in any sort of trouble, boom, covered onto that right-hand side. Like, as soon as Milner got even, like, a snip, like, it looked like he was going to beat, um, Foden was going to beat Milner. Yeah. Gomez was there straight away. Boom, boom, boom. Like, it's like a that brick wall. Down. It's like you, you get past Milner, it's like, bang, yeah. to Gomez. Gomez was insane. straight there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, again, it was a dominant performance by him. Like, it wasn't... The thing about him, and um, you've seen, like, he looks kind of unsure when he's playing sometimes. Um, he looks kind of like, hmm... I don't know. Like, I don't really want to get injured. Do I really? But that performance was assured. Like he was confident. He was dominant. Like he, he just looked dominate. And like playing against Milner and playing against, I mean, playing with Milner and playing Elliot on that right hand side. I feel like they all worked together really well to stop Foden to stop anyone coming down that round side. So yeah, it was a really good performance by Gomez, man. Well, I mean, I guess we, we talk, <laughs> we're so proud of these boys. We've jumped straight into what we thought they played in terms of how the game was actually going. Obviously, halftime, we went in nil-nil. What were your kind of like thoughts in terms of the ebb and flow of the game? It was a weird one because we were playing well, but City, it's like City weren't playing badly either. I actually thought Foden, yeah, was, Foden was actually a threat in terms of picking up the ball in good positions and, and driving with the ball. What were, you, what were you guys thinking in terms of how we went in at halftime? I don't know about you, I don't know about you lot, but I was just shocked that we didn't concede. I was yeah. like, wow, what's this, what's this feeling? What's the sensation? <laughs> um, <laughs> I felt like that after we got past five minutes, but um, I think like we just alluded to throughout the, throughout, the, throughout the show so far. I mean, it just all looked really comfortable. You know, I mean, 
Uh, Bernardo Silva is just like an unpressable machine, along with being an absolute dirty rat. But you know, he he, <laughs> he, he wasn't getting in the positions to really cause danger as he usually is in these kind of. In I'm, I'm going to talk about him later, but yeah, that that, that guy, oh, man, you've been on in this weekend, man. <laughs> that, oh my god! He, he, you know what? He's good still. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's a good player. He's a good player. I hold up my hands. That guy he's a rat. Player. Yeah, but he's a oh, that guy's the worst, like, man. And I'm seeing Bernardo Silva sometimes, and this guy's deeper than Rodri, you know. Like he's he's in like the left hand like corner of defending his goal, slide tackle, slide challenging, like wooden duels. Like sick, sick player, man. Sick, I don't know how. Where's he got this defensive side from? Like he just that um, guy rises. That that guy rises it to another level when he plays against Liverpool. I didn't know if I was playing Kante or Bernardo Silva that game. Like honestly, <laughs> honestly. But um, just to go on Did your you point, I feel the slander on Twitter. That's all. Just to go on your point, I felt. That half, I think both teams were tussling. So both teams were really like, okay, they're kind of feeling each other out. Um, obviously, I think Pep probably wasn't sure whether we was going to go with the 4 3 3 or the 4 2 4. So he's kind of changed his system to kind of play like a free, like a 3 4 3, or some might say like a free, um, yeah, yeah, like a 3 4 3. And um, what I think what he tried to do was, I think when we played Brighton, um, their left wing back had a lot of space. So I think it was Trossard and he had loads of space. Mm. And then he put Foden in that role. And then what I liked about us is that Mona was super aggressive. He went out to Foden and Elliot, bless Elliot, was tracking back so much as well. So Foden didn't have as much time as he wanted. And when we played this 4-2-4, what I liked about it is that um, we have obviously, when the ball, we obviously stayed compact in our shape, right? And um, everyone done really well. To, as soon as um, Man City won the ball, everyone done really well to be compact and get into, um, obviously, two banks of four or whatever. And then as soon as we broke, like, we would have, like, how many times did you guys see, like, a three-on-three three or, like, a four-on-four? Four? Yeah, and, it just didn't happen, did it? I, I mean, for us, like, did you guys see oh. a lot of, like, you would see, like, a three-on-three, three, like, it would be Jota, Seller, and mm. Firmino. I, I, I was thinking more about defensively when we were no. defending. It was never out, I mean, the last, four, five, you know, eight weeks of the season, I feel like we're always defending four on two situations. Yeah, but you didn't see that at all this game, did you? Not at but all. On the other on the other side, we saw that plenty of times. And there was a lot of times where like Jota maybe miscuffed the pass or like Elliot overhit a pass and we could have been through. But um with this formation you have four guys who are obviously always on their attack. Whereas when we play a four three three, it might be like a Mane and Seller by themselves and Firmino's kind of lagging behind. Yeah, or like yeah, you might have yeah. like a Seller and Henderson and then like a Jota just behind but with this formation you have four guys that are constantly up there so the defenders have to think about four guys constantly on the move constantly and I feel like that just helped us so much so when we broke we had players forward already um and then obviously playing Salah in that kind of um in that kind of striker role Diaz has to constantly think about him running behind because Salah was just playing on the shoulder yeah, really. yeah, yeah. That was, was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was playing like Jamie Vardy. You know what I'm saying? Just on the shoulder. <laughs> and the Firmino was kind of dropping um, deep. And then obviously Jotter and, and Elliot um, obviously on the wing. So I think this is what this formation gives us. It gives us four, four attackers where, um, and you don't really know what they can do because they all can interchange. They can all, you know what I'm saying, um, find different, pop up with different spaces. So um, yeah, I, I loved it really. That first half, I actually really enjoyed it, to be honest. I thought we played really well. Um, and it was, yeah, it was tussling. Man City didn't play bad either, but. I thought we looked a bit more dangerous on the counter because we seemed to have, a, like, they didn't seem, like, like you said, um, on the counter, we never really had play, players like, um, was it, we didn't have less man than they did. But when we were going forwards, um, it was always we like three on three. Yeah, we were yeah, outnumbering yeah. them. Yeah, kind of but when, when when they were attacking us, 
it wasn't that way. So I feel like we just looked a bit more dangerous on the counter. So I was a bit confident. But at the same time, with Man City, I was thinking, ah, it's only a matter of time before Haaland gets something or something like that. So Yeah, and, and I guess the, the only thing I, I'd want to add to that, because this is kind of going into the second half as well. One thing that Salah, I think I've, I've noticed about Salah is Salah's dribbling is so much better when he knows in the back of his head, if I complete this dribble, I could score. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas yeah. when he's out wide, if you're a wide man and you're completing a dribble, you're doing it to make some space for a cross or you're just beating a man because you have to, to make room. Whereas Salah's, Salah's entire drive is, how can I score a goal? Yeah. So when he's picking it up and the man he has to beat is Diaz or the man he has to beat is Ake, it's like, yo, if I get past this guy... I'm through and go, yeah. I'm through. So <laughs> this is why I think that the, not just the dribbling position is important about not being too far from goal or out wide, but also the dribbling situation is mad important. You know, when Salah's on the edge of the box and he's driving, you're like, yeah. yo, he's going to roast whoever's coming <laughs> up to him right now. I just don't think we've seen that situation for about, you know, since since probably January or something. We've He's just not had that opportunity. But all in all... All of that good counter-attacking, Krish, led to a goal. It led to a goal because of some ingenious work from a goalkeeper that you'd like to make a sweeping statement about. And then it led to an absolutely gorgeous bit of physicality, control and composure. So talk me okay. through it. I mean, we talk about, you know, most sort of playing on the shoulder there. Goodness me. Um, that was look at the strength type stuff. <laughs> Left poor Cancelo in the dirt to bring up Tumblr posts, Tumblr quote posts in his um and his Instagram. Good God, mommy, forgive me. I think it was something like that. Well, we know who your daddy is now, most Good <laughs> God, um, oh, Ali man, um, that pass just personifies the, the class that is Alisson Becker. He, oh, just, you see when he does that pass and he like goes on the ground. I know yeah. so he, like, always <laughs> he always falls. He always falls. He always falls. So you know what. That, 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 that's cash money, right? <laughs> that's cash money. That's what LeBron, money. LeBron, yeah, LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> when he does that falling kick, hey, that's cash money. Bro, like the one of them was Steph Curry shoots a free and looks at the bench, like that's money. I know yeah, it's in. That's oh, money, I think it's crazy as well. I think it's like the it's the only time in Premier League history a goalkeeper and an attacker combined for like free combined like goals and assists. It's crazy, yeah, but um. Yeah. But, you know, taking it away from, from the assist for a minute, I mean, Ali was just so good. I mean, there was six shots on target. He saved all of them. His command of his area was brilliant. His distribution was insane. And I think we just don't... I mean, my love for Addison's unbound at this point. I think he's he's just unbelievable. He's clearly the best goalkeeper in the world. And the sweeping statement for me is, and I'm saying it at the kind of like on Sunday and, and yesterday, for me, this is the best goalkeeper we've seen since Pete Manuel Neuer. In terms of what he can do, I'm not. My, I don't. I don't know how that can even be disputed. To be honest, what's the competition? Someone, someone will find a way. I saw someone say that uh, Fibo Courtois was a better goalkeeper than Alisson. I, mean, I, I think Courtois is good. No quality keeper. But I mean, we literally, we literally saw it. Saw it in our own faces, like not a few months ago. But I mean, every, he just does everything with such class. The way he can take the ball, his feet. His distribution, his command of his area, how good he is at set, how good he is at kind of like defending set pieces. His handling, his handling, the, the, that little thing he does. Man, it's like the reason we can play a high line, and this is Ellis's favorite bar. You know what I mean? The reason we can play a high line is because 
Look at how good Allison is, yeah. When he comes out and he seems to save it. I don't know why I, I don't know why Alice is from Birmingham, but I mean <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, just all the little things he does just personify how good he is as a goalkeeper. And it was on full display for the world to see with that cash money pass. And it is you can even see the connection here and Mo have got because there's a really good like screen grab. Literally before Allison's even kicked the ball, Mo. Straight yeah, on his bike. Running for it. Yeah, on his bike, yeah. Yeah, no, listen, you ain't going to hear me dispute anything to do with Alisson. I've, I've spoken at length before about how, how I genuinely think he is the perfect goalkeeper. Like mm. Edison, yes, you basically have a midfielder playing in goal, but you also get the goalkeeping ability of a midfielder as well. Because I just think the, the percentage of goals that Edison concedes is, is insane. I think Courtois is, is a second place for me globally. But bro, Pete, Alisson, talk to me about the man. Yeah, man. I think, like Chris was saying, I think we've almost been desensitized to like what he does because, like, everything he does, like, I kind of expect him to do it. So when he, like, you know, what I'm saying, there's a corner, there's a free kick, and he just holds it, you know, what I'm saying, claims it. I'm just like, yeah, normal. But it's not. Not every goalkeeper does that. You know, what I'm saying, you watch like Man United, you don't see the Gea come out and claim stuff. Um, look at Mendy. Mendy's kind of lost his place to Kepa. Um, so that, that I'm saying, there's, there's, it's not really, it's not as normal as we think it is. But Allison, and the thing about Allison is that. He's been getting peppered for about two seasons straight, you know. <laughs> but, like, people don't realise that because he just... It's normal. Like, he gets a 1v1 every single game, especially when we was playing 4v3. There was at uh-huh. least two 1v1s, one 1v1 every single game. And it wasn't normal. Like, this guy was just saving our asses time and time and time again. And it's about time we gave him some protection and about time we actually, you know what I'm saying, gave him some um, some stability in that back line. So, yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic keeper. It was a fantastic goal as well. Like Chris said, they've got that connection. So as soon as Allison claims the ball, Salah knows, yeah, I need to be off air. This could be a chance for me. And yeah, it's a great score to take it around Cancelo as well. He, like, you know what I'm saying? He kind of gets touching it whilst he... Yeah, whilst he's spinning and holding him off. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous to do that. Like, balance-wise, that is amazing. And the thing, the thing about Salah, I know he missed that first one-on-one, which is a great save from Edison. I knew he wasn't missing that second 1v1. You know what I'm saying? That's two goals in the play against Man City that he would have uh, left on the table. So... I knew he wasn't missing that, but I thought, yeah, Salah had a great game as well. I thought he gave, well, other than his goal, he just gave that defence constant trouble. Like, every time he got the ball, he looks like a big, big threat. Like, even he's, he done one nice cross for Jota. Um, every time he was on the ball, he didn't really lose it. Um, there was one nice little um, cutting that he done on the right-hand side as well. He just looked like a threat again, and he looked like um, the player that we know him to be. And it's just funny, like, these people kind of making cheap shots about how like he's he's in the same camp as a Bamiang now about like he's not motivated about money and I just thought like what what a little cheap shot that is because he, what he's he's had, he's had what like four or five bad games of form whatever now you're telling me he's in the same camp as a Bamiang no way you know what I'm saying like this is Salah when Salah hasn't had a bad season at Liverpool he's, he's yet to literally have a bad so what makes you think he's gonna have a bad season now you know what I'm saying he scores a hat-trick against Rangers scores the winning goal against Man City and all of a sudden, everyone's quiet again. Like, there's nothing people can chat for Salah. Like, if you want to chat about trophies, run trophies. If you want to chat about big game goals, he's got big game goals. If you want to chat, like, he's got everything. Golden boots. There's <laughs> no, no chat be... for Salah anymore. There's actually none. And even on the on the main pod on Sunday, I think I think Mariah was saying it's like people are doing this weird thing of Salah's had a bad. Let's say Salah hasn't played well since Afcon, right? So whatever that is, let's say yeah. end of Jan. So from Feb, and people are doing this. I told you about the Salah guy, and even Mariah was like. What 160 goals later, you've suddenly <laughs> seen the truth of of this player. Like it's it's absurd. I think it's fair to say that he 
he has massively dropped off. But that's the that's the word. It's it's. But the funny off. thing about it, Mush, is yeah. when people do the Mane argument, they completely negate over the fact that he was trash for the first half of last season, bro. Trash for the first half, bro. People forgetting Mane is not lighting it up in Germany. Best of luck to the brother. That's that's my that's my brother right there, Stadio. But he's he. People think that. Even if I wish that that comp that has just come out of Salah versus C, all those goals Mane scored. Mm. Look at who's making those yeah, goals. Fellow, yeah? fellow, fellow. For goodness but sake. From, but the one from last season at the Etihad, the past Salah players. Yeah, oh. But even like I'm I'm more in a camp that attackers have drop offs. Like they have drop offs all the time. Look at Son. Yeah. Son again had a bad start to the season. Son and Salah were both the top goal scorers last year, by the way. They both won a golden boot. And <laughs> now they're having drop offs at the beginning of the season. Everyone's talking and crazy on their name. Like Kane as well. Kane had a drop off last year. Like attackers have drop offs a month, two months, but they, you know what I'm saying? They're world class. They come back to form. It's what they do. And, and it's, Pete, it's modern day age. It's modern Pete, day age. Not just that, Pete. Three golden boots. Like, let my guy have a bit of a rest, man. Flip it oh, man. What what more does he need to give you? My man hit hundred club within five years of being at a football club. Like, it's it's insane. But anyway, another attacker did come on the pitch. I don't know if we want to call this good, bad, a bit of everything. We got we basically got an entire movie within. I, wait, hold minutes. on. Before you go on that, can I touch on this, this formation quickly? Sorry, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Formation. Just sorry, a bit of tactical. So I think with this formation, like, have you guys kind of noticed that? For these, like, for us, for it to work, these wingers have to work extremely hard, like <laughs> extremely. But Pete, what hard. changed? What Makes has you feel changed? like you're back in the nineties. To be fair, the graph they're graphic gonna put it. I no, like but I'm it. saying as in, like, <laughs> every time, if if so, every time like a KDB or Bernardo Silva gets the ball, Elliot and Jaw have to be in formation. Otherwise, it will just leave Thiago mm-hmm. and Henderson, and that will be it. You know what I'm saying? So I just want us to kind of keep this way of playing. And if we play this 44. Our kind of wingers and our wide players have to get back into formation very quickly. You four know four two, four four two, instantly. You know? Yeah, like instantly. Like there's no time to kind of kind of jet back or whatever or jog back. You need to get formation very quickly because that's an overload straight away. And that's the one thing we have done well against City. Elliot double teamed with Milner. Jota, the amount of times Jota helped Robertson with Cancelo, by the way. Like Jota mm. ran his socks into the ground. Like I wasn't surprised when he got injured because the kind of work he was doing to track back and help um, Cancelo and De Bruyne. Um, with Rob, for Robertson, like it was insane. So again, the kind of work that these men put together, and then Thiago and Fabinho, there was no gaps between them two, like no gaps. Like they were just so compact and yeah. so like worked as a tangent together and on a string, innit? Literally, and every time, like if if Fabinho pushed to the right a little bit more, and Thiago would shuffle to the right. You know what I'm saying? If Fabinho went forward, Thiago fill in that position, like. There was no gaps in between that. And that's, that's, that's the kind of blueprint of how we need to play this kind of formation. And I think we kind of lost our way in the Arsenal second half a bit when, like, we, those kind of gaps in wide yeah. areas. And even, I don't know if you guys know this, but what's called, in the second half, Pep changed Bernardo Silva to play on the left with Foden. So mm-hmm. Foden, was, I mean, Silva was playing more centrally in the first half. And then, obviously, Foden wasn't getting as much joy um, on that left channel in the first half he was getting a bit but obviously wanting that was kind of the main man so then Bernardo Silva was kind of um double team with Foden to get at Milner but we Elliot and Gomez worked so well that it didn't really make a difference so yeah I think that's, that's I just want to say that's kind of the blueprint of how we need to kind of play this formation if we're going to kind of play it and, and, and I think just to add to that Pete the other thing is if you're going to 
do that where the moment you lose the ball, um, your two wide men get back. It means you also have to be sensible with where you're concentrating your attacks. And I think by attacking, attacking centrally, it gives you a chance that if you do lose the ball, you can fill the space out wide. The problem yeah. this season has been we're attacking out wide. The players who are meant to be filling the spaces out wide aren't filling them. So yeah. suddenly the moment we lose the ball, our fullbacks are getting attacked straight away. There's not even another layer of a winger or a midfielder you have to get past, right? Past, for sure. Yeah. The interesting thing as well with the, with the midfield too, whenever they won the ball back, fairly quickly because the way Firmino was playing a little bit deeper they had an automatic outlet there so that allowed people to kind of like break out a little bit quicker which didn't have to be a long ball which didn't exactly that was a good so it was a quick pass five ten yards and then you've got for you know you've got Bobby you can kind of push that forward 10-15 yards with his you know close quarters dribbling ability and then kind of like break out and start attacks so I'm all for it man it's just gonna be interesting to see you know it's it's a shame now that you know Jota's injured it's a massive shame actually that Jota's injured because you know he's one of our I think he's a collective favourite from everyone at Cop End, really. So it's going to be interesting to see how we fill out that left hand role. And, you know, and if, you know, Bobby can't re- realistically start every game. So how, how will that also look with, um, you know, Nunes playing through the middle as well? Yeah. I, and speaking of the man, let, let, let's get on it. Let's get on the craziest, funnest, good, bad, but I don't know what to interpret as, but he came on. He came on. And <laughs> my goodness. He was noticed. What happened? Tell me, boys. That was a classic. You know the pretty one come my way. <laughs> <laughs> that was a classic Balassi performance. Like, you know when Balassi's doing like that performance against Man City? And like, I'm not sure if it's good or bad. Like, he's doing a yeah. step over, gets past Jero Torre, and it just like misses the cross. Like, I don't know what, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to think. Like, what the hell was that, guys? What you know what? Because the match situation was we were one nil up, it was fun. If <laughs> yeah. this was at nil yeah. nil, I think I would have interpreted it so differently. And like, oh, and the thing is, the thing about the performance, sorry, Chris, is that he actually yeah, gave Akanje a torrid time. Like well, Akanji gave... was eating grass, brother. Like he was the thing is with Nunes, if he gets the chance to stretch his legs out wide with he's that knock, knock and run, he's you ain't quick. catching him. He's actually quick. Like there was, there was one time. I think the first. I think the first kind of run he went on the when he came on, he literally just ran outside of um, Akanji. Akanji could not keep up. I think Akanji got a yellow card. And the thing about Nunes, I, you know, what? it was the perfect sub to be honest because I think City needed something different to think about. And yeah, yeah he didn't score, but like. They were always their centre backs were on their toes, and like the thing is, when you're kind of holding the lead, the best thing to do is that, like, okay, let's say you count or you're dropping deep, you need a threat as well. Like, you can't yeah, just be yeah, dropping yeah. deep. You can't just you be... can't you can't let City build <laughs> up a fort where the waves of attack happen, right? Yeah. That's the so they still need to be thinking about your threat whilst they're attacking. So it's kind of like you know what I'm saying they're not constantly wave after wave like you said, and that's what Nuno's done. But my God, some of those decision makings. Bloody hell. Let, let's talk like, about oh that. Oh, my. What <laughs> were you doing at your TV? When we were countering and it was Jota was open, Salah was open, and you can see his head is down. You can see he's not looked up. What were you doing at your TV screen at that point? So this will be a laugh for everyone. I was on the phone to the missus at the time. As, <laughs> as soon as he was on that run, yeah, and he should have put Salah through. And honest to God, I had to mute myself because of... Oh, I was, I was just screaming at the TV. I was like, "Why?" No, it's like what was going through his mind. He's like, and all I could think of, like, I, I thought about it earlier. I was like, "What was he? What was going through this man's mind?" 
And all I could think about was, you know, the Randy Orton theme song. I hear voices in my head. They talk to me. That's all I could think about going through. his head, like as soon as when he didn't play but, that pass. Like I play Sunday League football, and if so, if if someone doesn't see that in Sunday League, you're gonna be going nuts, <laughs> bro. If my nephew done that, if my nephew done that, I would look like my nephew's six years old. He just started football. Like if my nephew done, that, I would be thinking. Are you insane? Like, so when he had the ball, I was like, all right, go on. Like, it was through in it. So he was like, go on, go on. But he had time. Remember, he had time. He's dribbling for a minute. This is the thing as well. It's an unbelievable (laughs) marauding run. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, when he's taking the touches, you're just like, okay, you got to pass. You gotta pass. You gotta pass. You gotta fucking pass. What is he doing? No, what is he? Do- and then he takes a shot from outside of the box. <laughs> and no. the funniest bit is Salah goes mental. Right? Like he goes nuts. And the thing the is, there's two people there. So if you're thinking, okay, I don't really want to try to sell a pass it. I might get cut. I might not. You can just give it to Jota. And Jota doesn't. I know Jota doesn't make the best run, but he's still right next to you. So just give it to Jota, and yeah, you know I'm saying Jota can do the rest. But, bro, like. What kind of decision making is that? Like, what yeah. is that? The thing is, you know, all them, all them cusses and all the things you we spend our time trying to defend Darwin about. I was like, hands up at that moment. Yeah, I cannot understand why a footballer would make that choice. He wanted. To, I, I think so. From what I've gathered from that cameo, and especially the, the first move. Oh, no, you actually, you actually able to do an analysis from yeah. uh, what analysis? A criminal is profiler or so, something? Jesus. So, yeah, no, he's an absolute criminal for that. But the first run he done, <laughs> there was one crazy run where he just ran past basically the whole city team, and Salah was pulled to the wide right left, and then like Salah was the best option, but he just shot from outside the box and kind of whistled past the post. And yeah. I was just like, okay, this guy really wants to score today because yeah, you know I'm saying that was kind of a hard shot, um, shot, shot to um to make, and then he does that as well. Like we just talked about that kind of chance. I just felt like he was so desperate to kind of make a mark or or kind of score a goal in that game. Even the one, the chance he created for Trent, that was the hard decision he could have done. That was stupid. Why, that was why not just, that was just, cut, it back, just cut it back to Carvalho? <laughs> that was the hard decision it. he could have done. And the pass was brilliant as well. No, he fizzed <laughs> that way too nah, much. I, nah, I didn't nah. like that pass. No, nah, the, ex- nah, the expected, the, do you know what the expected XG on that was? 0.4. Was it? Wait, yeah. I don't know. I thought like that was hard. Yeah, Trent was fully stretching yeah. for it by the time. But my bigger thing was, he was in that left channel. He has left Akanji. Yeah, yeah. Akanji's on the floor. Yeah. Right, he's beating him twenty yards apart. Literally, I remember watching Carvalho's both hands are out like he's a beggar. <laughs> he's run like ten yards with his hands out, saying like, "Just give it to me. I can side foot this in." And Nunes, I feel like Nunes does whatever he does, and then looks up and like. Just remember, he's, he's part of... Hermano, uh, Hermano, Hermano. Oh, man. And then, let, should we talk about the dink as well? The dink of all dinks. Oh, why? <laughs> I don't know what after that you've was. Just, after you've just scored an extremely good goal, like an you know, and he, and he's guided circle it just against guided Rangers, finish. it was a fantastic finish. And then you just go and try and do the chip. Oh. Why? He, he, swears, you know what? He, he swears he's messy. <laughs> that's, the only, that, that's the only explanation. He swears he's messy against Arsenal because what the hell? Like, oh. what is that? What did you, I think he tried to dink him and then kept the ball after. And then score. But, but have you ever seen score someone score that type of goal? He's never ever seen dink it and scoop it whilst Edison is still about five ten yards away from him, and he's not generated any pace on the ball. The ball hasn't even gone off. It's just like a pass out to Ake and they've just started attacking again. And everyone's just looking around like, yo, what just happened? Like, <laughs> oh, God. 
And the mad thing oh. is, he plays. He played eighteen slash nineteen minutes, and then his combined XG and, ex- and expected assist is zero point eight six. That's crazy. That's more than Haaland, by the way. Just to put that numbers, and more than Salah, more than De Bruyne. I just no, so the thing is, like, there is some promising stuff of him. Like, <laughs> there is, there honestly, there is, and there is some promising like attributes. Like to be that quick and to be that tall and gangly and have that kind of physical profile means you're always going to cause people problems. Like you're always naturally, you always are. Like how do people deal with that? You can't because you don't know what he's going to do. But the thing is that. Like, decision-making like that, it's just like, what on earth? Like, what is that decision-making? So you have to just hope that Klopp and um, our coaching team can kind of get into them and kind of work. But there's some natural physical attributes that you can really work with there, I think, to be honest. One thing I will say on the decision-making, we did see some mad moments from Sadio Armani during his Liverpool tenure. So. 100%. 100%. People need to stop forgetting that as well, man. Like... <laughs> There was there were some mad instances where he'd miss a mad goal and then he'd just smile at the camera and be like, oh, Sadio, <laughs> go on. But, I mean, the stat, it, I think I did I did the tweet um, yesterday, which seems like it was like nine days ago now, bloody hell. Um, so 90 minutes of football, seven touches, three shots on goal, one key pass and four progressive carries. Like, if you could cook chaos football into one element and distribute it to the masses, the people would be getting, there'd be a new, there'd be a new pandemic. It'd be ridiculous. And that, that's the reason why he couldn't start, by the way. <laughs> because yeah. we need to kind of control what we need to do against Man City. There was no spe- room or space for chaos to start the game. We needed to, on the, Yeah. So that's on the why flip side, I am 100% starting against West Ham. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they're going to camp and you need that against Craig Dawson and these type of men. So, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Mm. So, I guess uh, just to wrap up that City game, it's well worthwhile talking about... I'll give so you... much. Can we just talk about Trent? Just a pair out of nowhere. <laughs> we, we put Bro. a fast one. I thought his I thought his World Cup was a maybe. My guy was my guy came on. I was like, what? Right mid as well. And you know he kept on You know that Kevin Nash like... meme? Yeah, Kevin Nash meme where he's in the wheelchair. He's like, oh, cool, I've got an opportunity to play. Flick it off. I'm now coming in the ring. <laughs> he, he done one sprint to help, I think. Milner and I was thinking this guy was never ever injured ever ever. Listen, <laughs> but hey, you got to do what you got to do to protect your players. I'm all here. I'm here for it. You got to do what you got to do to protect your players. So, well, yeah. well, I, I think this this is gonna. Do you know what? That's a good thing you mentioned, Trent. Actually, because I'll, I'll mention that afterwards. But just before, just to kind of wrap up the city game, star performers. I'll give you guys. I don't want you guys to say the same names, but I want you to give me two players that you thought were the star men. Um, of Sunday's game, Chris, for you, um, Harvey Elliott for sure. Um, you know, I'm a man who enjoys some good work rate, um, <laughs> and he's, he, it's just it's just so promising. We've spent we spent ma- basically all of this campaign so far complaining about we don't have athletic midfielders, we don't have dynamic midfielders, midfielders who want to track back into the job. Comes in and does that and. To massive effect, you have to just applaud it. Um, and the second one, because I'm going to let uh, Peter take the two good ones. I'm going to say Alison, man. That's listen. Super. You say take the two good ones. Alison might be the best one of all, mate. So don't really worry <laughs> about that. But yeah, Alison, I don't think anything further needs to be described. Pete, what about you? Uh, my first one is Joe Gomez. Um, to come back like that and put performance in like that, um, amazing. Like against the hardest team in the league. Um, against Haaland, the most informal striker in the world. Fantastic performance. <clears throat> and it just shows with Gomez that, like, 
that talent level is there. Like, all he needs to do is get consistent run of games and show this kind of same consistency. But in terms of, like, his actual base talent, mate, this like, the sky's the limit for him. Like, he's top. Like, he's actually, his talent is top, top, top. And, do you, do you like, know what, Pete? Pete, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, sorry to interrupt. I'm going to go as extreme to say that just that one performance alone is a higher level that if Gareth Southgate just watched this one game, it should be enough to take him. Like, I'm telling you, no England yeah. defender, no England defender can produce a level of that. No, it's facts. And the thing is, like, big I'm a facts. big fan of Ben White. I'm a big fan of, like... Yeah, I think they're good. I like Ben White and John Stones as well. I like Stones. I think Stones are a bit different because, obviously, I think last the campaign he had last season, obviously, a title-winning campaign, fair enough. But, like, I think Tomori, um, also Gwehi, like, Ben White, they're kind of putting consistent campaigns, but their kind of peak, is, I don't think it's anywhere near Gomez's nothing, peak. Like, nothing, bro. Like, and I think Gomez hasn't been at his peak, so don't start coming at me. I know Ben White has been much better than him this whatever last couple of seasons. Gomez has not really played any type of games, but Gomez at his best, like, won the best in the league. Like, comfortably won the best in the league. So, yeah, um, I have to put him as one of my um, kind of best performance. And then, obviously, Salah, the other, the, the other one, for getting a winning goal. So, Gomez and Salah for me. Cool. I'll, I'll give my two. I'll give... My my guy, Virgil, of course, of course, for just running it back. But the streets, the streets had to, had to look, even if they didn't want to. And then um, last one I'm going to give, just because I think we were all fearful and we, we're, we're quick to give him a hard time. Jimmy Milner, man. <laughs> hey, man. It... Apologies, man. I got, <laughs> I got a massive... Ran it back. That's what I need... <laughs> That's what I need from Milner. That, that one appearance, like the Undertaker, that one appearance every few months. You know what I mean? Just keep it fresh. You know what? I don't mind him at fullback, you know. I actually don't mind. It's set me that I have a problem with him, but fullback, I don't mind him. Do you know what? His technical base is tidy. That's the thing about Milner. Like, he's fine. Decision making's good. Keeps himself fit. It's all right. It won't be explosive, but what is there to worry about if he's playing there? Yeah. I say that. Watch, <laughs> watch the next time he plays there. <laughs> Um, can we cool. talk about before we move on? Can we talk about the real MVP? By the way, the real MVP of the game, Big Klopp. Yeah, Big Kloppo. Big Kloppo. Um... Klopp was going nuts when they didn't give that free kick for Salah's fault, which was absurd. By the way, the most ridiculous. What the hell is the... Oh, Okay, anyway, we'll get to that. First the Lino's all... the Lino's just there, you know. The Lino's literally in front of the incident. So what is there not to see? And how come that's not been reviewed, by the way? Because he didn't get penalised for it. He didn't get booked. So that, technically, if I remember rightly, because uh, who actually knows Premier League officiating rules anymore, can't that be reviewed after the fact? Mate. Like violent conduct and stuff like that. Because he basically put he basically puts Mo in a rolling Kimura. Then he gets up and tries to style him again. And he's just like, well, what, what, what no, are we like, doing No, here? but what is, what is my man on, though? Like, honestly, like, bro, just play the, play the game. Like he had so much vim for us. Like, and I'm a I'm a fan <laughs> of Bernardo Silva in terms of um his ability. Like, that's one of my favorite footballers in terms of his ability and the way he's able to kind of ha- have that technical kind of ability and also have that tenacious side. There's not many footballers in the world football that can do that. You know what I'm saying? It's either one or the other, but he has both. Facts. He can play right wing and then play DM the next wing <laughs> next week. Like, that makes no sense. But the amount of vim he has for us in that game, like you know when man is bursting into tackles and that kind of bursting tackles like they are firm like they are those they're not like just like kind of those little pokes and toes like he was firm challenges and then that seller he literally grips his seller to the floor no foul by the way lucky to get away with no foul backs all the way back into him <laughs> chuck an elbow 
kick, kick. <laughs> and then luckily they don't, Salah doesn't really feel them. And like, I'm thinking, if you have no altercation with Mo Salah, like, bro, how are you having an altercation with Mo Salah? <laughs> Mo is so friendly. How are you having, how are you having an altercation with Mo Salah in front of the car? I've never seen Salah. mad? <laughs> I've never seen Salah fight anyone. Like, anyone. And I think yeah. Salah doesn't even retaliate. Salah doesn't do anything. And then after that, he got, obviously he goes back to Salah and they kind of whatever, have like a head-to-head. And then Van Dijk comes, I don't know. No, no, but even in the head-to-head, that was the first time because he was trying to do the... Bernardo was trying to get all lippy, basically. Yeah. And then Mo was telling telling him... him, You can do, like, you know what he does. No, no, Mo was telling him, did you see what happened on the sideline? Like, you flew off me. Like, why are you trying to start off me? And then my guy starts pushing Van Dijk. (laughs) (laughs) That's beef with Van Dijk. Like, what on earth? He hates us. (laughs) <laughs> he absolutely hates our guts. Now, I'm so happy we sent him home with zero points. Hold that, my Ooh, guy. Hold that, hold that, hold that. So, um, in terms of moving forward, then, what a result. But ultimately, that is one game. And it's only our third win of the season in the Premier <laughs> League. Dis- disgustingly so. Um, hey. Do you guys think this is a one-off or is this something we can build on? Peter, I'll let you go first. Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> you know what? That win, yeah. That win had me um, to like, there's nothing like beating someone 1-0. Like, if I think if you beat them like 3 or 4-0, it would have been nice. But like, see them gritty 1-0 wins where like the op- opposition feels like they've been robbed or the opposition feels like something's not like, you know what I'm saying? You know, you've gone through the war. You know yeah. I mean? And like, it just leaves a bit of taste to them. So um, yeah, I, that, that win for me, I feel like that win should really kind of amp our squad up and, I think definitely think it could be a start of like a run. And I look at our next kind of fixtures and stuff like that. To me, in our next fixtures, I um Napoli looks like the toughest game in our next fixtures. Like we haven't got many well, crazy... until the World Cup. Yeah. Like and I know there's no blies in the Premier League, like every team is is tough, but if there's a time to go on a run and kind of get some points, um, it'll be now for sure. And we can kind of really uplift our city season and turn it around um if we just go on a run. And I think the West Ham game will show me a lot. Because I feel like if we beat West Ham tomorrow or will be today at Anfield, I feel like we go on a run 100%. But if we, if, we, if we don't, if we draw or lose, I think the momentum kind of goes and we kind of like, oh, was Man City really a blip? Was it another like Bournemouth result? But if we beat West Ham tomorrow, I feel like, yeah, I'm 100% certain we're going to run. So I feel like the game tomorrow is really, really key. And Chris, in terms of kind of you touched on it before, this Jota injury means that we've got this massive hole in the left side of our attack and it was the first time we really looked like we clicked. So how does that left attack, left side work? Is it Nunes has played out there before, Carvalho's played out there? Mm. What what do you do on that left side? I'd probably go Carvalho on that left-hand side. What's it feels like the... behind that? It's really operated kind of for Fulham for last, for last season. Um he looks like he can put a decent shift in. He he will play to instruction. I think he's the big thing. Um, I mean, West Ham aren't no slouches in their own right. You kind of you know, I don't know if we're going to touch on them in a little bit more detail, but they've got some dangerous players. They've got some really good playmakers that are coming to the foray. I mean, me and Peter are big fans of uh, Lucas Perqueta. Um, yeah. He's really started to come into coming to his own in the last last few weeks. That's looking like a good signing. You know, Skamaka's there as well too. And you know they kind of like to try and operate from their full backs, and you know they're, they're still playing a free at the back with with their you know relevant wing backs. So you're gonna need some like tricky some tricky players to kind of help on lockdown. I think he could do a better job there. I, I just don't see I don't see Firmino playing tomorrow. So 
two What's games. That? Yeah. In terms of rest or just... Yeah, because that, that'd be three games in the space of a week. Yeah, Napoli, Man City, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that that's a tough one. Um, and if we're if we're already light in, in terms of bodies from an attacking point of view, you need to rotate as much as possible. So I I play Darwin through the middle. So um, what what what's your front four then? If we, if if we're assuming we're going to keep this kind of formation and and, and approach, uh, mine mine yeah. would be Elliot, Nunes, Salah, Cavalio, and then you have Firmino and probably Jones to come off the bench. By the way, you lot are mad if you think Henno's not playing tomorrow. Yeah, Henno's definitely playing tomorrow. <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, you know what, And I don't blame him because those two positions, you need to kind of keep everyone free um, and injury-free. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, and they're injury-prone. Yeah. That's the worst of it. So every, basically, every game, you've got to rotate one. That's what you've got to do. So Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, Fabinho. You just keep rotating and rotating and rotating and rotating and rotating it. And then, because if you get one injury now to one of them, for being all of a sudden, let's say Thiago gets injured, Fabinho and Henderson have to play a lot of games. Because who else can really play in that pivot role, really? Looking at maybe Milano or Jones, and that's really you don't really want to see that. So you, you know what? I probably do. I probably do Hendo for Fabinho. You know. So what? Hendo Thiago to to play on? Yeah. I don't really mind to be honest. Whoever that works yeah, well. I mean, I he, he, those two those two midfielders playing a little bit deeper, and Hendo kind of in that hybrid six role plays quite well. It means he can kind of cover the right-hand side. scares me. The only thing I don't like about Henderson is that he, he still wants to, like... You see, like, he's like, he's like I want to yeah. press. Like, he, he's he's like still got the chicken. dinosaur head, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like... Dinosaur he, head moving. He, he wants to really, like... He still wants to be more involved in the game. He wants to press. But that position requires no pressing. Like, just stay in that role. Be compact. Mm. Like, you saw Atletico, but he used, used to play it with Simone, 4-4-2. Like, that's how that's not that's how we should play it, but <laughs> that's how they did play it. You know what I'm saying? Just staying compact and staying in shape. But Henderson still wants to like just go. Yeah. He, he doesn't can't. realize the verticality. Just no. Well, that's the thing as well. It's like there's going to be some opportunities for him to play. You know, that little Hollywood pass, especially if Mo's playing on the shoulder. Yeah, so it actually might suit him to be fair. Mm. Yeah, no, no, that's that's spot on. And we've also got the other issue of centre back. Um, you guys start Trent. I don't know. I, we'll get. Oh yeah. So this right mid thing of Trent coming on, is this some kind of glimpse into what? Well, yeah, yeah. Are we doing a <laughs> baby Bex thing? Or, <laughs> hey, David, hey, I saw David Beckham do it. You know, yeah. You know I'm well, saying you were, you were you were alive to it, Pete. Yeah, yeah. That that was like my first. Like that was one of the first footballers that like. I remember the celebration. I used to think like, no, nah, come on. Everyone used to love Beckham. Like, don't let's not guess. Like, come on. Everyone used to love Bex. But... That was one of those ones where, when, you know, when Beckham left Man United, that was one of the ones, where, you know, when my dad was like, yeah, you can like him now if you want. <laughs> <laughs> You've been liking him. But um, no, I was saying, I, I don't really like it when Milner plays two or three games in a row, personally. I just feel like mm. you're putting too much stress on, on him. So I'll probably bring in, um, I'll keep Gomez and Van Dijk and then bring in Trent, personally. So you want to go straight to that Trent and Thiago, Trent and Hendo right side, yeah? Back to that. Hey, <laughs> I I thought you know what I don't really I think I don't really wait West Ham too tough. You know, I'll be honest with you. So that's... how okay? So you guys have kind of covered some of their big threats, right? That that's kind of what I wanted to talk about here. Ultimately, tell me if you disagree here. But if Virgil was Virgil and Gomez have played like that against Haaland, it's the most confident you're ever going to be coming up against Skamaka, To be honest, because. Who is Skamaka compared to Harden? Do you get what I mean? And mm. how do we how do we contest 
Paketa, how how do how do you deal with that? Is it the job, Chris? Do you think of the of the double pivot to just negate him operating in that pocket? I'd say so because he, he he plays a lot like plays a lot of Foden to be fair in the way he's kind of you know got that midfield ability and attacking ability, um, mm. tricky, pacey. So yeah, I, I feel mm. like you got to keep you got to do what you got to do you got to do what you got to do against a guy like that. He's, he's just he's so silky, he can kind of beat you off the dribble and do all sorts of stuff. And so, the thing is, a player like that, they need to be on the ball, really and truly. Huh? They're not, they're not yeah, good yeah, off yeah. the ball. So um, as long as we keep the ball and um, we keep the ball well, um, and Schumacher and Paco are not the fastest of players. Like They're both not lightning quick. Do you reckon plays? Or is he going to do like a Mikel Antonio diddle? Because he's not there for a while, has he? Antonio's been injured. Well, not injured, but like I think he's been out whatever for, for a bit. So I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But it, me personally, I, again... They play Rice and Suchek, and I feel like we should have too much for them. Like Suchek, that's that's a plumber. That's that's a, a pure yeah. plumber, right? And there. also, also, the unless ball, the ball, ball is scary. in the air, unless yeah. the ball is in the air, that yeah. guy has got scary. nothing with his feet. Scary, like scary. And, ball. and we're talking about you know this the perfect paint for, for Nunes. Well, Nunes against Tio Kera. There's a penalty yeah. coming at some point there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and who who would they have at centre back then? Dawson, yeah, Zuma. Zuma, Zuma is injured. Salah, Salah should be looking to cash in, man. Yeah. Salah, it's time to up that goal count now. So the predicted, the predicted lineup I got here for West Ham's back uh, centre back pairing: Creswell on the left hand side, Kara uh, in the middle, and Ben Johnson on the right. Jesus, yeah, you should get that. Ben Johnson, Kara, and who's the other one? Dawson. No, Creswell. Creswell. Oh, what? That's their back three. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. Emerson Palmieri, left wing back. He's right. He's not what yeah, the hell is this team? <laughs> yeah, Emerson's been. I, I saw him on match of the day a few weeks ago. I was like, right. Yeah. He's he had a good season though last year at Marseille. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Um, yeah, he's not bad. Marseille seems to be the dream factory at the moment. Everyone goes <laughs> there, like load or something, and just magically like rebirth the career. Marseille um, have like fifty Premier League former players <laughs> playing for them at the moment. But score predictions, guys. West Ham. What are we thinking? Krish, come to you first. Score and goal scorers. Um, I'll go 2-0. Um, Nunes and another Salah goal. That'd be perfect for me. Nice. Eaton, yeah. Uh, Pete. Um, I'll go 2-1 and I'll go with um I'll go with Nunes and Cavalio. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, I mean, I, I just need to start seeing a run of clean sheets. And so I'm I'm not going to say we concede. I'm going to say 3-0. <laughs> I'm going to say Salah 1, Nunes 2. Let's go for that. We need to start eating, man. And he's gonna cash in that, that XG money in the bank, yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen, he's, he's built up he's built up that fund, man. So so yeah, it's time for him to eat. And um in terms of, I guess, I, I don't want to go too into this discussion, but just a little bit touching on, we're, we're now a few weeks away from the World Cup. This is the start of a platform, like you guys are saying. We've got West Ham, we've got Nottingham Forest. What are you expecting from now until the World Cup? Is it a straight flush of wins or is it going to be a bit hit, hit and miss still because we're playing every three days? I think it's still going to be a bit hit and miss. Um, I want us to kind of build a nice run in the league. I feel like the Champions League, if we get one more win, we're basically through. You know what I'm saying? So, like, 
I want us to start kind of building, especially with this. Um, I think this this game um, tomorrow or uh, uh, against West Ham, and I think we've, we've got obviously another not not a tough game on on, on the weekend. So if, if we if we get start building a nice little run in the league, we can climb up the table. I don't think these if we start building a nice run of games, they're not that far away from us. You know, what I'm saying the top four, they're not actually crazy crazy far yeah. away from us as we think, and they'll mm-hmm. drop points too. And they're playing each other as well. Yeah. I mean, United Spurs, Arsenal. I mean, um, United Spurs, Chelsea United as well. Is it there's, there's games where they're going to slip up in between, right? Sure. And I think there's a couple of games where we might get some draws and like the Champions League games. If we draw against Napoli, I really don't care. You know what I'm saying? That we, might we've be only really got to beat. We've only got to really beat Ajax and then we're yeah. Through, so it's fine. We beat Ajax and if even if we lose to Napoli, I don't really care too tough. You know what I'm saying? So just kind of managing our fixtures and kind of really um, focusing our efforts on the Premier League and kind of climbing up that table. I think. And and is that is that eventual goal in the Premier League? Is it a sneaky? If City drop off a bit, we're looking high, high up, or is it? Let's hey, just, hey, yeah. hey, let's just Ars- focus Arsenal, on Arsenal. Arsenal, we cannot compete. Super team. Arsenal. <laughs> that's, that's a title uh, challenge, you know. Awesome. Four points at the top. Some might say if they drop off, that's a choke. Some may say that. Some may say. Interesting, interesting. Well, boys, I have got to thank you. A lot more upbeat this week. Ops are disappointed. The fellow Reds are delighted. So thank you very much. Make sure you're tuning in throughout the week for all of that content coming out. And uh, yeah, catch you soon, guys. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.